open your eyes to people in Target or Walmart or people crossing the street because what you're idolizing, basically worshipping, is such a skewed perception of beauty and fashion. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey guys, welcome back to The Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen again. So today's episode is a special treat because we have my friend Amy Lee coming on as a guest. You might know of Amy Lee through her YouTube or Instagram at Amy Lee or Vagabond Youth. Amy Lee is a 24-year-old Los Angeles native who has been creating online video for nearly seven years. Her channel delves into fashion, beauty, and lifestyle and aims to inspire both emotionally, intellectually, and sartorially. Amy is just so much fun and I'm sure you'll enjoy this podcast, especially if you're interested in YouTube, fashion, beauty, and self-love. Hi, Amy. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle. Hi, thanks for having me. I know. I'm so excited to talk to you. Before we get into anything, I want our listeners to learn about who you are. Let's start from the beginning. How and why did you start YouTube? So I've been on the internet since I was probably like seven or eight and I found text bloggers like fashion bloggers on the internet and I just became super enamored by you know fashion blogging and I think that was a time where like people were taking like blogs were just pretty much everywhere mm-hmm. and is this like lookbook days yeah oh yeah. my god I used to love I was so lookbook. into that mm-hmm. yeah same <laughs> and the, like there are people who are lookbook famous so yes. it was like crazy but yeah so that's where I found like you know Ami Song and like Rumi Neely from Fashion Toast and mm-hmm. I just really loved fashion and I grew up reading style.com which probably gave me body dysmorphia to be honest (laughs) but um yeah so then I basically just bought a pair of shoes and there were two shoes that were really popular at the time it was the Jeffrey Campbell Lita which I I don't know if you're familiar with Mm -hmm. yeah and then yeah yeah, they literally look like horse hooves they're so awful (laughs) (laughs) I I had those too like a a replica not the exact one yeah I had that and then the next shoe that was like gonna be really big was like the Jessica Simpson Dainy platform and they look very similar to the Lita and I bought those not knowing that they were going to be like really popular in the next coming months and I my brother had just downloaded like the 8mm mm. app which everyone still uses for Instagram stories so crazy wow. yeah and then it was around back then yeah but wow. it was just like no one really used it it was kind of it was still very startup-y and had a lot of bugs um, mm-hmm. but I bought the shoes and I was really excited and then I asked my brother basically oh could you like record me like wearing the shoes like just my feet um, um, sounds really creepy now but I was wearing like <laughs> stockings and like yeah. socks and everything and then I just put it to like the, the kills tape song and then I uploaded that video it's like 30 seconds onto YouTube it's my first video ever on my channel it's private now because it's is it still up? No, oh, no it's private because it's um, copyrighted also it's just like weird because uh. it's just literally me <laughs> posing in shoes but yeah so oh. then people started basically searching like Jessica Simpson Danny platforms and then I think like in that week I got to a thousand views and then a lot of the comments wow. were like I know back then it's like I couldn't even fathom I'm like oh my god thousand mm-hmm. views like woohoo you know and then they were just like oh we love these shoes like can you style them and so I did so the next 
video I did was like three ways to style like platform sandals mm -hmm. and then from there people were just like oh we love your style can you you know style a black dress or something like that and so that's pretty much how I got started and then I feel like at that time that's when like closing counters like Jen M she and like um, a few other channels were really starting to like take off but for the most part the fashion community was pretty much non-existent besides like you know Jen M and stuff like that so mm -hmm. I, I feel like I was on there like pretty premature like not knowing that I was gonna do YouTube but right. it was like yeah so that was like when I was like 17 or 18 and now the space like I'm about to turn 25 next month and the space has changed completely which oh, is yeah. so insane it's yeah. grown up oh yeah for sure did you feel like you were posting consistently back then or were you just kind of like you know whenever you felt like it Oh, whenever I felt like it. I feel like I was on YouTube, like I had my account for like two years, but I didn't start taking it seriously as like, oh, you know, I'm going to have a schedule and upload consistently till like those two years in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. And how would you say you've evolved over the years? Because I know even your content has evolved. What has oh, changed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, even the way that we connected, it's very telling that my content and like my interests have changed yeah. so much because I love your channel. Thank um, you. But yeah, I think it was like before it was a lot more, it was a lot more fashion and beauty, but definitely more fashion. And I rarely veered from that genre. Um, but these mm -hmm. days, I think I'm a lot more not jaded I'm just like it's like you can only do a lookbook so many times right. about like winter yeah. and summer and stuff like that so now it's mm -hmm. like more lifestyle based I'm definitely into spirituality self-help personal development and just like I'm I'm more interested in sharing what I'm into other than just my clothes now I guess yeah totally and I feel like you've always been authentic so you just your content changes based on what you're authentically into oh thank you <laughs> my question is have you always loved reading books or did this like spark later on in life how did you get into self-help for me personally I always grew up reading a lot I remember reading Oprah's like mm -hmm. book club list when I was like oh. eight or nine I read wow the, I know I remember reading The Road <laughs> by Cormac McCarthy at like 10 years old and if wow. you've read that book it is so abstract and avant-garde and it is a, a post-apocalyptic zombie book kind of of, and I remember having nightmares about it when I was like 10 um, yeah so I, I feel like when I was younger I read a lot and then you know they make you do that weird vocabulary test when you're like young and mm -hmm. it's like oh you score like that of a high school student or like a college student and I remember back then like like I scored college level but I wow. feel like now I don't even talk that way <laughs> like oh, I feel like you used to talk that way I feel like I talked way more like I used the word like <laughs> yeah I, I think I talked way more eloquently now I'm like oh. oh that that's fire it's lit fam <laughs> you know what I mean yeah I, I talk more like a 10 year old now but yeah. yeah yeah so I always liked reading but then I think when like academia started to get more rigorous I pretty much dropped the ball because like you're just you know, core reading is like, you know, what you're assigned to read. And then I kind of hated reading. And then I think after I graduated college, I was like, wait, like you used to love reading books. And so ever since I graduated, now that we're kind of like, you know, we control our own time, essentially, I feel like now I can read again, like the way that I used to do when I was a kid. But for like mm -hmm. the majority of my adolescence, it was mainly just like high school reading and college reading and like curriculum reading. And it really mm -hmm. sucked 
the soul out of me. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> me too. I used to love reading when I was like a child. Like my mom would take me to the library. And then during like high school and college, you just, I didn't read anything outside of school. And it was yeah. after college, I had to like relearn how to read my own books. <laughs> yeah. And like have concentration and actually mm-hmm. stick and commit to something. Cause I feel like in this day and age of like digital satisfaction, it's really hard to like stay focused. It is. It's yeah. like, Yeah, you have to turn on another switch. But with personal growth books specifically, did that start recently? Or yeah, how'd you get into that? So I went through, like, not to be very Taylor Swift, but to be very Taylor Swift, I went through (laughs) a pretty bad breakup in 2016. And I think it made me face a lot of like that, which I just did not, I basically just didn't want to talk about, which is like, you know, like how to be a better person, how to be more emotionally in tune. And like, we always talk about IQ, but we don't really talk about EQ. And so I started reading books on Mm -hmm. like how to feel better about yourself just holistically. And like that kind of spirituality also kind of like dipped into like self-help and development. And I've always been interested in like finance and how to be more like fiscally savvy. And so I was reading like books by like Dave Ramsey, Robert Kiyosaki just because of pure curiosity but I feel like it was the Mm -hmm. breakup that made me like that propelled me and was a catalyst into like really like learning about all these types of books and these famous gurus and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and I remember how I found Lavender was like I loved quotes and I think I've told you this maybe at lunch but my intern like literally three years ago she was like oh there's this YouTuber and she does these videos where she talks about her favorite quotes and she dissects them and she was like I really think you would like them and I was like oh my god like I love it and then like I remember subscribing and then just kind of going down the rabbit hole of like you know I just felt so like your story resonated with me because I think a lot of (laughs) self-help and development is you know geared for like the male gaze but like you were an Asian American girl who was like sharing her favorite quotes and I was like I love this (laughs) I appreciate that so much because that words of wisdom series like it wasn't very popular but I did it because I was so interested in like you know reading and quotes but I actually stopped it because I was like oh nobody wants to watch this no 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 I totally (laughs) understand like for me quotes and like words they're they totally inform and dictate not only the way that I see things but also the way that I feel so like seeing someone else Mm -hmm. like dissect like their feelings and what this word and what this you know like sentence meant to them it was like so refreshing especially because I'd come from like such a fashion and beauty background on YouTube yeah and so yeah like you know maybe it wasn't you know well received but I really liked it. (laughs) I know. I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) So I recently watched your apartment tour video. It's so beautiful. And you have like such a cool aesthetic. I think everyone who knows you would consider you very stylish. So were you always stylish growing up? How did you find your style? Oh, yes. I was always a fashion icon. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. I feel like I've always had like a certain taste. Like I always like my mom will tell you like in, you know, ages four to six, like I never took off these like rubber gap sparkly shoes the jelly shoes I don't know if you (laughs) remember them like yeah I know yeah so and she was like you never took off overalls but I feel like honestly the majority of my life I was pretty much a tomboy like I grew up wearing Nike I had a bowl cut I was raised by pretty much my father and my brother my mom was a working mom Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I never really got to see her until I pretty much like got my period and then I wanted to start wearing Abercrombie and Fitch and you know just went through that whole weird (laughs) adolescent phase so like I think it was only until when I hit like 
probably 13 or 14 where I really started to like high fashion, which is like where my love for like text blogging and, you know, looking at runway shows. Because I think a lot of people, especially on YouTube, kind of confuse fashion and personal style. Like personal style is amazing, but it's literally Mm -hmm. just like going thrifting and finding what you like. But then high fashion is, you know, like seeing what's, you know, on the runway for like SS 2016 or, Mm -hmm. you know, fall winter. And I grew up like, I think I went from like tomboy to like I want to be to high fashion yeah I want to be Kate Moss wow. in like literally wow. a year and it was just honestly because I've spent so much time on the computer mm-hmm. I just really love like clothes and fashion as an art but I feel like yeah I was a tomboy pretty much all my life and then I think when I got my period is when things changed <laughs> when puberty yeah you, I, was like, like, oh. I was like I want to be like I want to look like them but totally unachievable but yeah very that's I feel like where my unhealthy standards of like fashion and beauty came in and I'm like no I see well I do want to talk about that because I think now you're such an advocate for like confidence and self-love but I'm sure it wasn't an easy road getting there and now like being where you are right now what advice would you give your younger self and I guess our listeners who are struggling with that I feel like it's so crazy because like I'm older now and I feel like I know so much more now, but I still deal and battle with so much of the same things that I dealt with when I was like 12. Mm. And most of it has to do with like body image and body confidence. And like I'm very pro body positivity, but it's Mm -hmm. something that I deal with like very inherently and innately because of like my love for, you know, clothes and garments and fashion. But I guess to answer the question, I would just tell her tell little Amy who's like obsessed with style.com and runway shows is like also like learn to celebrate the bodies that aren't on the runway and to like open your eyes to people in Target or Walmart or people crossing the street because what you're Mm -hmm. idolizing and what you're fantasizing and basically worshipping is such a skewed perception of beauty and fashion and it's essentially an art form which is exactly why you are enamored by it but remember to Mm -hmm. See beauty in all shapes and sizes and colors because like when you're older it's really gonna mess with you <laughs> do you want to talk more about that the journey <laughs> yeah I mean I think it's also like so you know style.com got bought out by this big fashion company and it's basically not around anymore and so there's actually no place on the internet where you can actually look at style or runway shows immediately except for maybe like the Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week uh, YouTube but for that for that purpose I think that there's nothing like that platform anymore and so everything Mm kind of just for me moved to tumblr and like tumblr is very you know like aesthetically pleasing artistically driven photos and so much of the fashion photos there are you know thin white women Mm -hmm. and even though style.com is like it was just such a short part of my like adolescence I think so much of my I still use tumblr like tumblr is defunct now I feel but I'm (laughs) obsessed with tumblr I still am inundated by those images and the artistry of like the photos on there yeah and so even though like you know it just moved from one platform to another and I remember like being obsessed with fitness blogs but you know on tumblr they're not really fitness blogs they're like get skinny blogs Mm. and I remember like just following all these girls on tumblr who had lost like 30 pounds by 
you know, following this certain like regimen. And looking back on it, they were like literally eating a banana for breakfast, oatmeal for lunch, and a salad with some chicken for dinner. And they were losing 20 pounds. And I remember they were taking photos of like thigh mm-hmm. gaps and their ribs popping yeah. out. And like, this is so, I, I don't think I've ever talked about this, but I remember saving mm-hmm. those pictures and like putting them on my phone background and like screenshotting these like yeah. diet regimens. And I'm like, looking back, that entire one meal day of eating is like my one meal. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm eating like four times that much a day. Um, well, and yeah. Like a normal person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but it's, it's just crazy how like, you know, 14 and 15, like I had no like self-awareness for not only my body dysmorphia, but for my obsession with like thinness. And like, this mm. is something that I feel like is so off brand for me. And I think that's why I don't talk about it because like, I do think now, like I'm so ashamed of it, but also like, I didn't know any better. I was like 14, 15 and like, I just had a very skewed idea of like body image. And I think now like, you know, curviness and, you know, thigh gaps are definitely a thing Mm -hmm. of like the past. I think we're now celebrating women, women who honestly were like the body shape that you know, we should praise honestly black women for, but have been, you know, kind of on the stage mm-hmm. by like people like Kim Kardashian and stuff like that. But honestly, those those bodies were always originally owned by women of color. And I think that's amazing that we're like celebrating more than one mm-hmm. body type. It's like so crazy to think about like that's like that's like where my headspace was when I was like in high school thinking about yeah. like, I just want to be skinny, you know? And it's funny because I've never been overweight my whole life, but like just by my the sheer fascination. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, hopefully people can relate to that, but it is something that I don't talk about because I think I inherently feel very ashamed now that I'm growing, like not only growing into my body, but like just, just understanding, like it doesn't even matter what weight you are, like you should celebrate your body because yeah. it's, it's, it's it's literally the one thing keeping you alive. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Your body does so much to support you. It allows you to live your life. Exactly. And yeah. well, when you say that and you say that you're ashamed, like I can totally relate to being a teen and I read Tumblr too. And I like, you know, yeah. wanted that dream body too. And I, I'm sure listeners out there can totally relate. And I think you should definitely share your story on this. Don't be ashamed because I think it's important for you to share. But what I was saying is back then, like body confidence, self-love was not even, it wasn't even in my mind. I didn't even know those terms. It yeah, was, that's so true. I think now we're lucky that society has progressed and we've kind of opened our eyes a little more. Yeah, I don't know where I, I was agree. trying to go with that, but yeah. No, no, no. I totally agree. I think we're more aware and conscious as a generation because a lot of the jokes that we see in like 90s rom-coms are very slut-shamey and rapey. Oh, yeah. And like it's crazy yeah. to see just like in, you know, 10, 15 years how much the, you know, social climate has changed. And like, you're right. Like mm-hmm. I, I I, think I'm ashamed of it now because like now we wouldn't even talk about like how much we're, you know, I mean, maybe at some point that if you love fashion, you definitely like idolize you felt the real that way. body mm-hmm. yeah so but it's it's I totally agree like times are changing <laughs> mm-hmm. that's good yeah. aside from I guess the fashion world where do you draw inspiration from now is there anything that you're recently fascinated with honestly I grab a lot of inspiration just from like my pure curiosity and that's just like because I love a lot of things like I'm inspired by traditional art so like paintings and music films books and like people we're just talking about general inspiration or like fashion inspiration general right I would say inspiration for your content I guess like Uh, what you decide to talk about 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like art, traditional art. And then my favorite like people, which is, you know, like people that I really genuinely love mm-hmm. for their mind. All I can think of right now is Oprah, which is so funny because I've been listening <laughs> to so much of her. Yeah. For her yeah. Um, Super Soul Sunday podcast. Like I love that. Um, I've been really mm-hmm. into Michael Pollan and Anthony Bourdain. And they're so polarizing because one of them advocates like health and awareness for what we eat. And the other one's like, eat everything, <laughs> go to all cultures, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm just like, yeah. I think primarily I'm like inspired by how I feel as well. Because some days, you know, like I feel like bad about myself, but all days I always want to be a better person. And for whatever that means, like being healthier, being more self-aware, being more compassionate. And I think that's what drives most of my content. It's like, how can I be a better person and not tell people how to be mm-hmm. better people, but just show them that. I'm I'm actively on the journey of being a better person because I feel like a lot of my content isn't about like how to live a more productive life because mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm still figuring that out and so a large part of my channel yeah. my content is like how I'm trying to live a more productive life you know what I mean totally. yeah I think that's what makes you so relatable and your content is so like just honest because you you just share. Oh, thank you. What I like about you is that you're interested in so many different things, but you pull it all together and you use that. Oh, thank you. I feel like I'm like not cohesive at all. So it's, it's nice to hear <laughs> no, that. No, but that's what makes it interesting <laughs> that your interests are like everywhere and you're open to anything. Yeah, for sure. And then earlier when you're talking about like being fascinated with art, it just reminded me of like your art hoe. Oh, yeah. Your earrings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do love Do you want to talk about your holiday collection real quick? Oh, yeah. So this past December, I basically was approached by a third party like company who I got to partner with and they were kind of like the behind the scenes partner um, but we were like predominantly it was a lot of my spearheading everything um, but they were just like my kind of like my financial partner but um, mm-hmm. they approached me and it was just like a friend of a friend and mm-hmm. um, I got to pull some pieces that were manufactured both in China and in downtown Los Angeles in the fashion district and I like as much as I love fashion and beauty and influencing I think the heart of it is like I don't want to be someone who pushes product in your face like at the end of the day I might have to because like I genuinely love products but I don't think I've ever been like a fit tea or like mm-hmm. I don't I don't know I just don't want to shove products in people's faces and I only want to share things that I genuinely love and like can oh, and yeah. genuinely endorse and so um, we kept the collection like five pieces very minimal so people couldn't I, I just feel like people couldn't be like, oh, you're just, you just want our money because, you know, it, it's literally five pieces. Like, you don't even have to buy it if you don't mm-hmm. want to, you know? <laughs> and so, and it was five pieces I genuinely love. Like, I wear the pieces yeah. all the time, regardless of the holidays. And yeah, we just got to market it. It was very, like, the turnover rate was honestly, like, three yeah. weeks. And thank God for my really close friend, Sandy, because she really came through and she basically took all wow. my photos. And, like, it was literally done in, like, two hours. The sun was setting so quickly. We had to use oh. flash photography. A lot of the photos are flash, not because intentionally, but because (laughs) we literally ran out of sunlight. Yeah, yeah. Necessity. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, it it still looked great and I'm happy that you you. pulled it off. So after that experience, are you planning to continue doing more things like that? Personally, I am... How I feel is like I'm 50-50. Like, I, like depending on... Mm. I don't really know. You know, like, I guess this is not at the forefront of my mind, I guess. It's like, it was fun and I would love to do it again. But like, if mm. it doesn't... If I also just don't feel like doing it, I won't. I don't know. This is such an awful answer. Just 50-50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. 
That's fine. Okay, let's let's move on. I want you to walk me through your routine. What does the typical day or week look like? So I try to wake up around somewhere before or at least around eight. And then if it's usually the if the weather is warm, I will go work out. But I think because it's been so rainy and dreary, I haven't been really working out that much. But I'll go work out, come home, eat, shower, probably dilly-dally till about like 11 or noon and then start filming or mm -hmm. maybe like going to an event. Like today was mainly an event day. And then towards the end is when I usually check like emails and mm -hmm. correspondence and stuff like that. I, I typically don't like to start my day with emails because I feel like emails can be done at night whereas like filming and meeting people and networking has to be done in the daytime for what just just because I use natural light and yeah. then usually nighttime I hang yeah. out with friends like I usually go to dinner you know I, I a lot of my life is either social or at home like speaking to a camera which I'm sure you can <laughs> relate to well I feel like you're pretty social for a youtuber because some people just don't go out yeah that's but true. you go out pretty often I do <laughs> Yeah. I'm definitely not a homebody. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And do you like batch videos at a time or do you have like scheduled days to shoot? No, I'm very not a planner when it comes to my content, which is something that mm. like I, I used to be very like Google Calendar, like planner and appointment based and stuff. But I think as I become more and more an adult which is <laughs> ironic because like in school you know you, you're given like a rubric and a syllabus and stuff and so I like had this whole system but I think for me like I work best under pressure which Ooh. is so bad like you put so yourself I am, under pressure yeah, yeah so like I literally can edit and like shoot things really fast <laughs> and they'll probably be my best content because I'm I work best under freaking out and that's probably not <laughs> healthy for me because like yeah, yeah exactly because it's like pro like pro procrastination <laughs> and like that's something I want to reverse because like in college I was not actually that's not true I've always been like this yeah because in <laughs> school also, you like cram and like it works yeah <laughs> and I also worked in like journalism for three years and like journalism is like regardless of whether or not you want to procrastinate you get a story and a lead and you have to start now yeah. you know so I think I've always just been someone who worked best under pressure it's like if you give me too much time wow. it's like it'll take me that much time to do it but if you give me 30 that's minutes true. yeah so I don't really have a schedule for that I think that's that's a law that's a productivity law I think it's called Parkinson's yeah. law like where your work will fill up the time that you exactly. allot it so if you give yourself a week to do something it's going to take a week but if you give yourself a day exactly. it'll take a day yeah so finish. yeah so I do that yeah. I guess <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it works. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Since we're on this topic, and I know a lot of listeners want to be a YouTuber like you, do you have tips for people out there looking to get started? Is it too late to start in fashion, you think? I genuinely believe that YouTube and the internet is so beautiful and that it's such a democratizing space. And those who don't have a voice can come to the internet and find their community. And so as saturated as the place is, I do feel like at any moment, like you have the opportunity to go viral. You have the opportunity to basically just shake up the space because like the internet is meant to be, it's like, in it, in and of itself, like the core of it is like a disruptive thing. And so I don't, I think it's mm -hmm. so demoralizing when people are like, you know, I don't think you can be, you know, like the next Michelle Phan or Ami Song or whatever that might be. I think like you can totally enter at any time. And I think my only advice is that just in the way that we're all really, really different and like idiosyncratic and like all the ways that we have our own quirks and weirdness, I would just say like, 
if anything, highlight those. Like highlight what makes you different, not try to fit a mold. And I think so much of my channel was trying to fit like a fashion blogger mold or like trying to be cool, trying to be straight face when mm-hmm. in reality, like people would always tell me like, you're such a goofy person. Like you make really weird faces, like you snort and you cackle. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, honestly taken aback because I think I my level of self-awareness mm-hmm. was really low back then. And now it's like, I still try... I think I still inherently try to be like this fashion blogger like cool person but like I think my channel is always does better when I'm more authentically my goofy self and for so long I try to hide that but I think that in the end the very things that you think are going to be your flaws or your faults or things that you think might not be well received are probably the things that are going to take you further on YouTube because people Mm -hmm. want representation and people want to be seen. And if they can see that in you, however weird and oddly flawed you are, those are probably going to be your strengths and so like if I could tell myself anything back Mm -hmm. in the day it was like show people like that you like to dance weird show people that you snort and are weird and trip over your words and stuff like that because I think I tried to hide so much of that when I was first starting out and luckily I think the space is always evolving so it's always I think welcoming for new people Mm -hmm. so I would just say play up your differences rather than play them down because just like in life that's probably what's going to get you further. I completely agree. And even watching your videos, like I love your videos because you show yourself like dancing while cleaning your room or like, like I just love it because I could never really show that. Like I don't do that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I want to say, yeah. what I want to add to that is like no matter how saturated you think the internet is, like mm-hmm. there's no you. Like there's no one else like you. So if you bring your unique voice to the to the internet, like that is something different. So yeah, I yeah. just got goosebumps when you said that because I literally, I I totally agree. Yeah. And that's like, it's the internet is just like a microcosm of like the, the world. Mm-hmm. So if we just all played up what made us different, I think that the world would be way more vibrant and colorful. Yeah, it'd be a beautiful you know? place, much more beautiful. Today's sponsor is Drops. Drops delivers powerful, eco-friendly cleaning products right to your door. I personally love using laundry pods. They're super easy, just pop them in with your laundry. Well, Drops invented the laundry pod and then they made them even better. There are no fancy swirls or dyes used in their products. Instead, Drops offers a plant-based, chlorine-free, biodegradable way to take care of your home and the environment. My favorite part is that their products are packaged and delivered sustainably. They come in a plastic-free, compostable box that doubles as the shipping container. The packaging is so genius for reducing waste. I shared it on my Instagram because I was so excited about it. Plus, their products are also cruelty-free, never tested on animals, and manufactured in the U.S. supporting local jobs and fair wages. If you're looking for a more environmentally friendly way to do your laundry, try Drops. Visit drops.com slash lavendaire. That's spelled D-R-O-P-P-S dot com slash lavendaire and enter lavendaire at checkout to get an extra 30% off your first order of convenient plastic free and eco-friendly cleaning every drops counts what is one thing that most people don't know about you like anyone that follows you online what is something that you think they would be surprised to find out i think that (laughs) 
I don't know. Wow, this is so strange. Or do you, do you kind of share everything? Because I, I just, I'm curious, you know? I always joke like to my friends and stuff saying that, you know, body dysmorphia is so off-brand for me. <laughs> like, I think that I am so pro-body positivity and so like self-love and like flaunt who you are rather than hide who you are. But like, I think there was a time where like people were really coming for um, certain YouTubers like Laura Lee and they were like going on their old Twitter feeds and just pulling up literally tweets from like eight years ago about how problematic they were and that made me really scared because I've been on Twitter for so mm. long and so I went back to my archive of tweets and like I try to see anything racist or homophobic or oh anything problematic that I might have said <laughs> and honestly the ironic thing but also the most almost like expected thing is like I think the only problematic things I ever talked about were probably probably like weight shaming like I would talk about like oh going to the dining hall and feeling I think I tweeted like oh it's funny because I went back and deleted those tweets but now I'm putting them on record but (laughs) it was like oh I just went to the dining hall and I feel like 500 pounds like haha and it's like yeah like I think as much as I promote all of that I think that's probably the thing that's most off-brand is like I do struggle a lot with the way that I look and even though like I'm so for like doing what you want like Mm -hmm. pro like I'm so for like people wanting to do plastic surgery and for me just personally that's not my thing but I'm like for it for other people it's just like I think my weight is something that I never really talk about I'll never do like I I, in all of history like I work out and like I'm very fascinated by diet Mm -hmm. but I've never done like a fitness or like eating regimen and I think that's just like something because I feel so inauthentic about it's like why should I preach about you know like working out or eating a certain way when it's Mm -hmm. like inside I feel so freaking internally conflicted and it I just feel guilty like at least like the shame and the guilt and everything and I think it's because like logically and rationally and like the way that I navigate my life it's like I'm so Mm -hmm. pro-body positivity and Mm -hmm. but it's like so hard to rewire what's been wired in me for so long and so I think that I've never really talked about this on my channel. And so I think that's probably the thing that people are like, well, like sometimes Amy says problematic things. I'll wait. But, you know, it's like something I'm very conscious of now. But I think it's just weird that I even said those things when I was like younger. I mean, they're to- they weren't totally problematic, but I, you know. <laughs> okay, the way I, I see it is you, because you know how you say like, oh, body dysmorphia is so off-brand because you're all about like self-love and body love. But the way I see it is you promote those positive concepts because you had that shame and all of the issues that you went through in the past. Do you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't feel the way, no, it's true. You wouldn't feel the way you feel now so strongly and passionate about these topics if you didn't go through that. So I don't think it's wrong to like admit that you used to feel a certain way. It's not off brand because it shows that you've grown in these past eight years or something, right? That's true. Yeah. I guess I never thought of it that way. I think it's because, you know, like you're always your harshest critic and I always just wish that like I could have just gone from like loving myself to mm-hmm. like ah pro body positivity, you know? Instead of like, <laughs> I hate my body. Like I want that's not how it works. I know. That's so true. <laughs> nobody's like perfect and nobody's born knowing what self love is. That's so true. You know? That's so true. Yeah. I think I guess it's because like for me like I try overall to not be a problematic person and it's like I never had to like go through like homophobia or (laughs) racism Mm -hmm. to be like don't do that you know but like I I also feel shame because it's so personal it's like a personal topic whereas like the things Mm -hmm. I advocate like black rights or just human rights in general or like feminism it's like those are those are personal but they're not personal to me in the way that like 
on my day-to-day basis, I still like see it in the mirror and it like, I'll see a bad photo and it will essentially Mm. spiral me downwards. And then I get shamed for like allowing that to happen. And so I think Mm. for me, it's, it's something that's not only just every day, but it's so, so personal. And then I think it hits close to home that something that that's very strange but it's also probably a good thing is like my body dysmorphia is like literally just me like I will look at my legs and and see them a certain way but when I see like a woman who is my size or even like curvier or heavier or whatever it might be like I'm literally like praising them like they look so great and then I think that's where like I realize how warped my brain is because like mm-hmm. I see my friends who are, are, you know, just like a little bit thicker than me. They have more curves and I'm just like, they mm-hmm. look amazing in their bodies. And it's like, how come you can't enjoy the body that you're in? And yeah. so I think, I think it's just a sensitive topic. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. I have like a third yeah. level of awareness now where I'm like, stop doing that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think that's fine. Cause you're on your journey, just like everybody else is on their journey. I mean, nobody is perfect. So I think it's, it just shows yeah, that this is you. an area that <laughs> that's you're very still positive. In. That's a good way of thinking. Of it. <laughs> so I have a few questions from Instagram that I want to share with you. So Nikita asked, What experience in recent times has shifted your perspective about life? Well, I recently tripped on acid. Is this going to make the podcast? Is this going to make the podcast explicit? That's That's fine. fine. That's not explicit. Well, I feel like I recently tripped on acid and I think that... I think all psychedelics are some sort of therapy, like because they like uncover so much of emotional vulnerabilities and traumas that you've had in in the past. And I think it makes you literally see them right there in front of you. And so I recently tripped on acid and I think I just got to understand like it's why therapy is like always so focused on your childhood and like what made you like what is your first memory of being this way, et cetera, and stuff like that. And when I was on acid, I realized Mm -hmm. that um, so much of like my childhood is what dictated the way that I am today and how actively I have to like undo so many of those things essentially and so but it's so crazy because like before acid I was just like oh I'm just high walled because I have high walls you know it's like but then when I was on acid it was like oh like Mm -hmm. that one time that I spoke about my feelings and somebody said that I was lying and I Mm. did just like that kind of carried with me for pretty much my whole life and I feel like I just realized like a lot of the things that linked back to my childhood are exactly the reason why I am the way I am so just Mm -hmm. I feel like I've always been really introspective but acid really did that for me you know what I mean wow And that could be pretty scary to face. Oh, yeah. That's like, <laughs> I, that's completely why so many people are afraid of, like, you know, quote unquote hardcore drugs. But for me, like, I'm always open to more levels of introspection. And so I think acid really did that for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you shared that and you're so real about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Grisella asked, What do you do when you're feeling really down in life? How do you get through it? When I'm feeling really down in life, I think before it would be like go work out, eat healthy, throw myself into work and pretty much just repress all emotions. But now I think I really try to dissect why is it that I feel that way? Who made me feel this way? Like what are the underpinnings of my feelings? Like where does it stem from? And then that'll take me like depending on how deep the situation it is, it'll take from like anywhere from an hour to like a whole day of journaling. And then I'll feel the feeling until 
the feeling is gone. So like before I would just pretty much say like, I'm sad. I'm going to go do all the things that they say to do in those like productivity articles, like go work out, go eat healthy, blah, 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 be active, go meditate. But now it's like I've become very introspective and then I feel the feeling because back then I used to be afraid of being sad or angry or jealous or whatever it might be. But now I'm, I openly openly welcome it i want the feeling to be there and i think i heard this quote Mm. it was like feel the feeling but don't become it and yeah so now i just try to feel it and then when i've dealt with all that then we go work out (laughs) eat healthy socialize and i do all the all the things that i used to do but now i'm a lot better at not repressing because i think i used to rationalize every single thing but now it's like i think being sad or being upset i don't glamorize it but i understand that there's so much beauty and feeling the entire spectrum of emotion yeah oh my god I love that I completely agree oh thanks (laughs) what a a mature look on like emotions yeah thanks (laughs) (laughs) so one more question from Instagram this is their username Kanot Kai asked what are your future plans for YouTube would you ever go into podcasting I would love to go into podcasting, but actually, honestly, you're inspiring me right now, Eileen, because I don't know how you do so many <laughs> different things. Like you literally do so many different types of uh, media and stuff. Anyways, but um, I would love to do podcasting, <laughs> but I think right now YouTube and Instagram are just like my biggest primary sources. So for now, it's a no, yeah. just because I'm not as productive as Eileen. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no. You could totally do it. And you're such a natural talker. I feel like you could easily have oh, a podcast. Thank you. But for as far as like YouTube, I just want to I just want to help people. I think um, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like sharing information and helping people, like regardless of whether or not it's like a how-to video, I just want people to feel not only as though that they have a voice, like they can resonate with my story, but also just feel inspired and like empowered to be a better version of themselves Mm -hmm. and not in a preachy way just like they just see me like a 24 year old girl trying to figure out her life and you know I hope that people can feel like I don't know just I hope I can help people through my content as cheesy as that sounds you you are you are (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) okay so lastly I have some rapid fire questions that I ask every guest on the show are you ready yes Okay, what does your dream life look like? Ooh, waking up in Malibu, meditating, doing some yoga, eating some very healthy kale, and um, reading a book. (laughs) I love that. That's kind of like my dream life, except I don't have to be in Malibu. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Malibu is very key, though, because like that's like my dream place to, or like Kauai. I love the beach. Like the beach. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have like mermaid vibes. Like you love the ocean, huh? I do, I yeah. do. <laughs> okay. I do. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? The Book of Awakening by Mark Nepo. Whether or not you're going through self-help, spirituality, trying to be a better person, the nuggets of wisdom in that book are essential for life. Mm, I've seen that recommended so many times. Yes. I should read it now. Yes. And it's okay. it's perfect for the non-reader too because it's a daily passage. Mm. Yes. Awesome. What is one habit that changed your life? Ooh, eating, incorporating a fibrous, cruciferous vegetable in my life. Meaning, like, (laughs) it's like literally, um, I I think I saw, like, I think it was Mark Zuckerberg. He said he wore the same outfit every single day because it's one less option or decision to make. And so when I started just always incorporating Mm -hmm. kale into my diet, and granted, I eat all other vegetables and try to, but kale is kind of like always incorporated in my diet, regardless of whether or not I think about it. It. And I think oh. that's not only changed my bowel movements, but also just like my overall health because kale is so good for you. 
And like, if you think about the average person, like, I think I eat way more kale than the average person. And that's solely because I was like, I'm going to make this a part of my diet always. Like, whether it's like through dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever, I'm always going to eat kale. <laughs> this is so weird. Wow. So, <laughs> well, it is part of your dream life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it really did. It changed my life. Like, I literally poop so much better. <laughs> that's so funny. That's the first time I've heard that. And I love yeah. it. Do you mean like you eat it once a day or like with every meal? It's a, it's a part of my life. Like it's so strange. Like it's like how people make working out a part of their life or like how people make, I don't know, like, oh, I, you know, take 10 minutes to do this every day. It's like I make sure I eat kale at least once a day or just like make sure it's in my like lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like when I go grocery shopping, I have to get kale. And if there's a kale option on the menu, like I'm excited okay. to get kale. It's like, if oh. yeah. So like yeah. do a smoothie, do kale chips. Like if I see kale chips, I'm I'm going to go get that. You know, it's just like incorporating this vegetable like into my life forever. It's so weird. I know. I'm like cracking up because I think someone could take a snippet of this podcast and make it like a meme of like yeah. an LA girl. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Like, okay, okay. She's like, obsessed meditate. with kale. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I oh li- my God. that's probably like the LA in me because I chose kale out of all. But you know, you could do that with spinach. You could do that with honestly anything that's like very fortifying, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I sound so ridiculous, but this changed my life, truly. Okay, moving on. What is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten? Always try your best and do your best because there is someone who's always better at something than you. And even at your best, like someone can be better than you. So you should always try your best. And it's like, I always whole ass everything, not half ass anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important mentality to have. Put your heart in everything because there's always going to be someone who's better than you. And I think that's both humbling and also can be dark, but I think it's a humbling thing. Yeah, but it can inspire you to just do your best and not be lazy about it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Last one, finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is... How refreshing it is. You are refreshing. Thank you so much, Amy. Oh, thank you. And lastly, where can our listeners find you online? You can find me at youtube.com slash vagabondyouth or on Instagram, amy, A-M-Y underscore L-E-E. And yeah, that's me. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on The Lavender Lifestyle. I had so much fun. Oh, thank you for having me, Eileen. All right, I hope you liked that conversation with Amy Lee. If you have any thoughts or comments you want to share, feel free to tweet me at Lavender. You can tweet Amy as well. Get us in on a conversation. So just to wrap up what I took away from this interview, I mean, first off, I love Amy's energy. I love that she is so curious in nature that she will learn about all these random topics and experience and explore what the world has to offer. And thus, it adds to who she is as a person. She's not just a girl who's into fashion and beauty. Like, she's so much more than that. I guess I love her ability to be into, like, high fashion and high art, but still be super relatable, fun, and real. She's just, like, a real person with an interesting mind and... I don't know. I like that. I also wanted to point out this concept that came to me after I talked to Amy. It's the concept that your problems are your gifts. So you know how Amy was talking about how she loved fashion, but reading fashion blogs online gave her a skewed view of her body and she has like body dysmorphia and she was still ashamed of it. She's still kind of going through that right now. The fact that she struggled with that in the past and is still kind of going through that is creating this foundation of like 
positivity that she can then share with the world. Basically, the reason why she can be so passionate about talking about like self-love and body confidence is because she's had to go through finding her own self-love and body confidence in herself because she had to struggle through that. I think only when someone goes through the pain and the struggle can they come out stronger and thus have something to share with the world, something to give others. Now she's in a place where she can positively influence other people who are struggling with the things that she struggled with or is struggling with. I think when you share what you're going through, you empower others who are going through the same thing. It's like you realize you're not alone. There's someone out there who's going through the same thing that you're going through. And by sharing with each other, you can really support each other to grow together through that. So I thought that was a cool reminder that your problems are your gifts and you should never be ashamed of the struggles that you've gone through in the past. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next time. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Next, make sure you check out the 2019 Artist of Life workbook and the Daily Planner by Lavender on my website, lavender.com shop. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavendaire, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.